with everything that I do, it's also like I'm comfortable with anything failing as well. The older I'm getting as an entrepreneur, the more I try to do in validation before going down an idea. You're listening to The Liftoff Show, the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs, helping you increase sales, profits, and build a powerhouse brand fast. I'm your host, Austin Lovell, and welcome to the show. G'day everyone and welcome back to The Liftoff Show. Today, we've got a guest on, Max, who I've been wanting to interview for a long time now. Max, do you just want to take a second to introduce yourself, tell everyone what you've been up to in the e-com space? So in the e-com space, I started around nine to 10 years ago. I started a digital marketing agency called Megaphone Marketing, started it living with my, you know, my parents, working out of my bedroom, ambitious, but didn't really know where I was going to go. Now we're around 120 staff. We got offices in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, the US. We're thinking about UK expansion and we've worked with thousands of clients, some as big as billion dollar publicly listed companies like a, a Lululemon, all the way down to like a startup that just wants to scale really fast uh, and everything in between. And then just under a year ago, I started my own e-commerce company called Sylvie, which has been really fun to actually put a lot of what I've learned to practice. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my, my e-com journey. I remember initially seeing your content. I found Sylvie. I used to watch your old YouTube videos as I was talking about before and seeing your monthly challenge videos and all the content you're putting out. It's very interesting. You see this whole journey, you know, creating these videos and then you see Megaphone growing and Sylvie growing so fast. So I'm super keen to jump into Sylvie in a little bit more detail because if anyone's listening, if they're in their health and wellness space, you know, I'm sure they might've seen Sylvie around because it's a very, very fast growing brand by the sounds of it. And so do you just want to tell us a bit about Sylvie for everyone listening, just so they can get a really good understanding on what the brand's all about. Yeah. So even though that we launched around nine months ago, we actually came up with the idea a year before that. And we spent a year in product development and market research. We launched with originally with a pillowcase that was silk and silver. And we were the first in the market to do that. Silk has all these benefits for skin in terms of anti-wrinkle, yeah, for your like fine lines, really good for your hair. And then we infused it with silver, which makes it antibacterial. So it makes it really good for your skin quality. And it gets rid of a lot of the bacteria that grows, that causes a lot of acne. Then we did a bunch of testing. We did 22 prototypes. We did lab testing. So it was actually like a lot of, like, even though we're marketing people, we're also product people, uh, me and my co-founder. And we're like, let's make sure that we have the best product in the market. And so that's why we probably took a long time. We were confident it was going to do well, but it probably did a little bit better than even what we thought. You know, we, we were very ambitious. Then the next was just working on our bed sheets, which again took about eight, eight or nine months to figure out a bed sheet. We tried eucalyptus lyocell, bamboo lyocell, bamboo viscose. We tried silk and bamboo, different threads as well as cotton. And we did lab testing, we did market research. So we're trying to be like very product focused. Now we're working on a towel, which we've been working on for a year as well. And we still haven't nailed. We're trying to get like the thickness of the towel. That's another thing, like the thread count. We play around with 300 and 400 to figure out the durability and the feel. But we're really trying to be product focused as a business and then take all what we know about from, from Megaphone about like scaling e-com, a lot of creative testing, you know, a lot of like a really good offer to try to scale the business as well. So yeah, that's a little bit about Sylvie. But yeah, really excited for the future. I think there's a lot of opportunity with what we're doing. 
I think what was really interesting that you said, and I've been on the Sylvie website a few too many times to look at what you guys are doing, how you're positioning things, you know, product landing page layout, all that kind of stuff and the awesome creative that you're putting out there. And one thing I've noticed a lot is that the order button is not a buy now, it's generally a pre-order or place an order, you know, as new stock comes in. So I know there's lots of sales and people absolutely love it. And I think, as you mentioned, you didn't just go for a silk pillowcase because I think a lot of brands are doing that. They've already tried that, but you did something different you infused it with, I think it was antibacterial silver. And so what was the process of, of differentiating? I think a lot of people listening might be coming into a, a very crowded market, a market where there's a lot of, you know, big players. They're trying to think, how do I make our product different? How do I, you know, go back to the drawing board and make sure we're really unique and something people actually want and that people can't buy anywhere else. So how big of a role, I guess, is differentiation played for you? It's, it's massive. Um, I think like, because I'd been in agency work for so long, I had this perception, like, give me a product and I can sell it. And I've seen so many products that were kind of, you know, they felt like me two products or they were maybe a little bit subpar and we saw them scale. So my, my perception was just as long as you've got a good enough product, you can make it work. But over time, I think that that's lessened and lessened. And I also think that although that might be true, imagine if you also had a ridiculously strong product right from the start. And so whatever category you're thinking about entering, I would look at anything that's kind of working in that space. So there's so many things that we're researching right now on the side as well. So we're looking at different skincare trends and we're trying to figure out how you can infuse different materials into fabrics. And we're speaking to like a company in Brazil and a company in Canada, and a company in the US. We're getting samples all sent to our factory. So we're really trying to lead with a dominant product because if you have a, the best product in the category and the best marketing, you'll, you'll skyrocket. If you have a good product and the best marketing, you're going to constantly be you know, ripped off and it'll hurt your opportunity. You know, it's more about the platform and less about the product. When you have a really good product, the platform doesn't matter as much because people will spread the word and you can use any channel. So it's something that I had to learn from failing a multiple e-com businesses too. Like I had a previous bedsheet company where it was just a me too product. I had a vitamin company you know, which didn't sell one. Those things were a little bit opportunistic. I think this thing we were like, hey, let's slow down. Let's spend a year. And, you know, it, it, we didn't think it was going to take a year, but we're just like, let's spend as long as it takes to get a product that we're really proud of. And I think now going back to Megaphone, you're obviously working with loads of brands, loads of big companies. And I think if we just focus on the e-commerce niche in particular, and we think, okay, you've differentiated for Sylvie. You found that unique angle, you've made the product better than anything else in the market. When it comes to your clients and brands that you've worked with and you and your team, what do you find are the, the traits, I guess, of the fastest growing brands, the e-com brands that just seem to grow so, so fast? Is it differentiation or are there other factors as well? It's differentiation. It's like it's product market fit is, is the best way to put it. If a client comes to us and they've got a terrible website, terrible marketing, and they're getting nine ROAS, it's like, okay, cool. We're going to blow your company up. If a company comes to us and it's like, it's an industry that's really saturated, they have no clear point of differentiation, their price is expensive, and they've got a limited budget, then we need to just say, hey, this is going to be really challenging. Like, although we can roll the dice on this, we're going to have to like take some big guesses and marketing punts to figure out if we can find some angle, some offer, something that's going to connect right now 
because you're just in a more difficult space. There has been clients that we've seen where, you know, the signals were there. You know, we've seen, we, we had a client that did a hundred million last year. Like you could just put up an ad, anything. Like I'm pretty sure when we looked into the account, there was an ad with like a, a spelling mistake and like an image not formatted right. And it was getting like eight ROAS. So it's like, so we took them to like 20 in a few weeks. It wasn't, it wasn't hard. They just had such a good product that, you know, the next thing is like, how do we optimize the scaling efforts from here? If someone listening in just to carry on from that, if they're just starting a brand and they're maybe in that initial phase, you know, when you were starting out thinking, okay, let's build Sylvie, let's spend time to develop a product that people really want, that's really unique and, you know, is actually going to sell really well and solve a genuine problem. What would you say to someone that's just starting out? You know, they're probably eager to jump into advertising straight away or start marketing with a subpar product because they're like, okay, we just want to get sales through. But would you tell them to hold your horses, let's go back and make sure this product is 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10 excellent before they go to market with it? I, I think so. Like the only one thing that I would put as a caveat is you don't want to be so particular about your product that you never launch and learn. When people come to me for advice and they've got some idea that I don't think is a good idea, I don't want to discourage them so much that they don't do it because I think it's better to do something, fail, learn, figure out why it didn't work and then do it again. But yeah, I do think these people that maybe are rushing into it, as long as they're looking at it as like a validation period and they're, they're not tied down to the idea. And so they go, they go, cool, I'm going to spend a few thousand dollars on this idea and I'm going to wait until I see whatever my metrics are for early traction to go, okay, cool, now I'm going to double down on this idea. That's probably how I'd be thinking about it in the early stage. And I think an interesting thing that I'd love to hear more from you about is you said you started a supplement brand. It didn't work as well. You started a bedsheet brand before you came to the idea of a silver-infused silk pillowcase. Tell me the journey of, I guess, finding a product and saying, this is going to be the thing that we spend our time and attention on. Because I'm not sure if you were thinking when you first started, you know, building brands or working with clients that you'd end up building a silk pillowcase brand. You know, where did the idea for the product come from? And I guess for someone listening, where do they start looking for that product idea? Where does it come from? Just coincidentally, I've always loved bed sheets. Like, and I, and I, I am like a fabric person, like, like I'm this t-shirt, like I know like the GSM and, and. Uh, where the cotton's from, because I really like just good fabrics. I, everything that I have is very basic in my life, but it's like basic done well. That, that's kind of what I like. And so I did actually go down a journey of like trying to find really good bed sheets and thinking about different thread counts and doing all this research and testing all these things. So it was a space that I was excited about. And me and my business partner were both acne sufferers growing up. So there was a tie to the cause that we were doing. That coincided with us just looking at market trends. We were looking at, there's like charm.io, there's AdSpy, there's Big Spy, there's Amazon, there's your own newsfeed. There's anyone, any friend telling you that they got this product that they love. And so this wasn't a space that we were familiar with, but then we found other people doing some silver infused other products. So like silver infusion is used in the medical industry. It's used like Lululemon does it with some of their yoga pants. Like it was something that people were doing for an antibacterial benefit. One of the big claims was like, you can wash it less. So that existed in the marketplace. And then the silk pillowcase existed in the marketplace. And so they were like, can this be something that can be done? And will it actually improve skin? There was no clear process behind it. It was a problem that we understood. It was a space that we were interested in genuinely and we liked the product. And then it was just from looking at all of these different things that were going on, trying to figure out if that would make sense. But yeah, we also had 10 other ideas that we're also exploring as well to figure out are these good products? Do people want them? You know, some of them half work, some of them didn't work at all as well. So, we'll, you know, there's other things that we're playing around with at the same time. 
So if you've got, say, a Google Sheet of all these different product ideas, you've narrowed it down to your top 10 and you think, which one am I actually going to go to market with? Is there any advice you'd say to someone? I'm sure it would be, you know, don't get attached to the product. You know, if it works and people love it, then continue with it. Or what would you say to someone, I guess, who's trying to decide what product to start selling? They may be in this sort of perfection paralysis, not sure which way to go. What are some words of wisdom, I guess, from someone that's built a brand from that exact point? So for us, it's like build a website and, and just start seeing if people would pre, pre-buy it. You know, is there interest that people are adding to cart? What are the metrics that you can look at to figure out if there's true interest? Compare them from one opportunity to the next to see, hey, like this one seems to be getting more interest for whatever reason. So that gives me confidence to explore this as an idea. I think that's I think that's really, really smart. And the last question I'm keen to ask, I'm sure there'll be one other that pops up, is for someone that's building a brand now, you've seen brands from all different sizes, you know, all different shapes and forms, different industries and niches. And what would you say, I guess, for someone that's, you know, trying to scale up right now or they're trying to sell more every single day, what's the one thing they need to be focusing on? Is it more creative? Is it more attention to their advertising? Is it being more out there in their content? You know, what I guess is the one thing that if they had to focus on it right Right now to give them the best ROI, what would it be? I'd say two things. One is the fundamentals. I think I and, and a lot of other people that I've seen get a little bit distracted by new channels. Hey, this is, you know, put in this 17-step email flow and make sure you've got all of these things and make sure you're using Messenger. All of that stuff works, but you just need to make sure you're nailing your fundamentals. Your fundamentals is your offer, your competitor analysis, you know, the value that you're providing the features, best benefits, all of that stuff, really just dial in on the fundamentals. And then the element element is having an intelligent way to test creatives. I mean, testing really everything. In fact, I won't say just creatives. I'll say a testing framework for everything, right? So you need to be testing your copy, your, your website, your creative. But you need to have an analytical and intelligent approach to figure out how you can test high impact, high volume, and get statistical relevance so that you know that you're moving in the right direction. And there's, there's an infinite amount of things that you can be testing from price to product to product development to different, whatever it is. But you need to organize all of the variables that you can test, prioritize, and make sure that you're moving in the right direction. And if we were to finish up and throw it back to, I guess, the YouTube area that we talked about early on, creating content around 30-day challenges, challenging yourself, seeking discomfort, trying new things and trying to level up. I think everyone listening, you know, they're trying to be the best operator and brand builder they can be. And I guess there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of unknown areas trialing new, you know, platforms, as you said, trying to advertise products that have never been sold before. You know, how big of a role for you was like sort of jumping into it, just saying, look, we've got this we back ourselves let's just dive into it we're going to learn as we go or sort of build the parachute on the way down a little bit you know what are some words of wisdom i guess for for the early stage brand owner who's maybe a bit hesitant to dive into things head on is it just a matter of just do it yeah i think so i think it's like with everything that i do it's also like i'm comfortable with anything failing as well but the older i'm getting as an entrepreneur the more i try to do in validation before going down an idea so i really want to see like you know, an existing market and speak to more people and see if anyone's buying it, whatever. But I think this, I don't think you want to be like that in the start of your entrepreneurial journey. I think you just need to dive into things and just learn. The thing that you're trying to optimize for is learning and not necessarily short-term success, because if you're learning, then you're going to get some level of linear growth from being able to make better decisions as you move forward. So, so long as you're constantly learning and, and you're being mindful about what you're doing, then, then you're winning either way. 
I think that's super valuable advice. So Max, it's been awesome to have you on the show. There's a lot of amazing stuff that I can take from this that I'm sure anyone listening can take from it as well. So thanks again for being on the show. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.